What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Bible In Depth. This week's episode will be a continuation of last week's episode, so if you haven't checked that out yet, I recommend you go start there. Look, as much as I love editing pictures and other fun things, this week that is just not going to be the case. You see, last week we talked about evangelism and its abstinence in most Christians' life, even in minor circumstances. But that was only a side effect of a much more sinister problem. We have a bad habit of playing favorites with scripture. Has anybody else noticed we tend to avoid talking about the more intense sides of Christianity when we're around others? Almost like we've been picking and choosing which ones are culturally appropriate to talk about and which ones to sweep under the rug. Well, let's slow down before we go around making big claims like that. What is the church in America actually like? Churches have huge populations with incredible music, food, small groups, camps, and plenty of other activities to get involved with. You get energized and excited with motivational sermons about prosperity and eternal life. Don't get me wrong, the last thing I want to do is discourage any of these things in the church. But something seems to be missing. We've fallen into a bad habit a really bad habit of clinging on to everything that we like in the Bible and underselling or disregarding everything that we don't. The reality of this book is for every verse that talks about salvation, redemption, and eternal life, there is another verse that talks about judgment, condemnation, and eternal fire. You see, the whole body of God is like a plate of food. We have all the stuff we like eating, like love, joy, mercy, forgiveness, but then again we have all the stuff we don't always enjoy eating, like wrath, vengeance, and punishment. To be a Christian, we aren't given an option to toss our vegetables in the trash while we delight on the main course in dessert. We have to eat it all. We want God, but we want him our way. Forget the rules, forget obedience, I'm a good person. I'm sure the God of love would understand that. Right? I'm going to read you a passage from Amos that was considered a funeral speech for Israel. This is only a small part of it, and I would highly encourage you to go read the entire passage. Amos 5:18 through 24 What sorrow awaits you who say, If only the day of the Lord were here. You have no idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. In that day, you will be like a man who runs from a lion only to meet a bear. Escaping from the bear, he leans his hand against a wall in his house and he is bitten by a snake. Yes, the day of the Lord will be dark and hopeless, without a ray of joy or hope. I hate all your show of pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice and an endless river of righteous living. Let's break this down because there's a lot to talk about. Those remarks were not just from Amos, but some of them directly from God. Just for some context, Amos was written at a time of relative peace and prosperity for Israel but also a time of neglect for God's laws. Peace, prosperity, people getting a little too comfortable, 
Is this all starting to sound a little familiar? Amos starts his argument by suggesting his audience is already dead. What is killing them? Their desire. He highlights Israel's two greatest sins, passionate worship without corresponding concern for justice and complete and total ignorance and awareness of their impending doom. Israel has fallen into a bad habit of praising God's grace and gift of eternal life all while falling away from the laws and commands of the very same God. The Israelites rejoice, thinking that God is going to give them another victory, though Amos is saying that day is going to be very different from what they anticipate. It is going to be darkness, not light. In Israel, the people are incorrect assuming that they are righteous because they have fallen into unrighteousness and now are enemies of God. What was once a flourishing relationship with God has turned to nothing more than watered-down praise and an abstinence of action. Like I said, I just can't help that this story is sounding all too familiar. After everything Amos has already said, here are the words that literally made my jaw drop and stare at my Bible mindlessly for 15 minutes. I hate all your show and pretense, the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and grain offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise, I will not listen to music of your harps. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice and an endless river of righteous living. Those were not the words of Amos. Those were the words of God. Side note. Depending on what version you read, it gets a lot harsher. The point is, God was very, very upset with the character of the Israelites. Here's an analogy that explains it kind of well. Consider a husband who persists in constant affairs with his wife, but tries to make up for it by giving his wife expensive gifts. The problem with this is that the husband's gifts need to be an expression of his love for his wife. But a husband who continues to be unfaithful has proven over and over again that he does not love his wife. A few wives might enjoy the expensive gifts, but most wives want faithful, loving husbands far more than they want expensive gifts. That is exactly how God felt in this exchange. He didn't want the praise and the songs and the gifts if it didn't come from a place of undoubting love and devotion. While I was reading this story, I could not help but almost lose my mind thinking that there is a story in the Bible that almost replicates the exact situation we are in with the church today. There is no shortage of praise, but there is nothing but a true lack of authenticity. I've stripped this episode of all the fun editing because I wanted it to be serious. Can we not look around us and see how far off the mark we truly are as the church? God has provided us with a very true and a very real story in the Bible of his exact thoughts on this matter while we still blindly walk down the path of destruction. My biggest fear in all of this isn't for the people in the streets. It isn't for the people committing crimes or doing other atrocious things. It's for the believers I see every day that are completely oblivious to their own actions. People who truly believe that they are saved in their hearts and rejoice when they think of the day of the Lord only to come to find that might be the worst day of their existence. 
I'm not trying to tell you how to live your lives, but the one that made you is trying to give you some suggestions. He wants nothing more than to see you in heaven and hold you tightly, but you have to do your part in this relationship and start taking it seriously. Thanks for tuning in.